judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Super Rugby. More games, more finals, more derbies. It's Rugby Supercharge. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Yes, hello, rugby lovers, and welcome to another edition of The Ruck. I'm joined in the studio by Matthew Burke. Timmy Horan, where the hell is he? I'm looking around. I've here. I've walked into the studio. No, Tim Horan. I understand he played in, uh, in Greg Mardo's fabulous charity game for the uh, earthquake victims from Christchurch. Did he pull up a bit lame, Berkey? I think he's lost the respect of the opposition. They, they, uh, they, they went a bit hard on Timmy. Timmy mm-hmm. was looking for a gentleman's agreement. Of course and, he was. And it, it, the intensity rose a little bit. So is, is there a thing in rugby, I think it might be golden oldies, where you d- wear different coloured pants? That's exactly and it. And that, that sort of forces how you approach the person. If they're wearing the purple pants, you're not allowed to tackle them. I that's think that's exactly, it. I think the, the, the last pair of pants is uh, pink. I think mm-hmm. it is, means you can't touch. Yep. Uh, I think Timmy had no pants on so, <laughs> by the end of the day, so he was looking for nothing at all. Be, beyond no touch. <laughs> beyond no touch. <laughs> Timmy Horan won't be with us, but the man who organised that game, uh, Marto, Greg Martin, will join us at the moment he's just uh, fired up on uh, Red Bull he's caught the red eye back from Perth uh, after covering that amazing game that cruel end the force and the blues 22 all you might have just heard in our news I uh, want to get to the detail of that and as soon as Marto is uh, fired up with his Red Bull we'll get to him I, I wasn't here last week uh, Berkey I was in South Africa uh, I did manage to go to Newlands to see one of the uh, ugliest games of rugby in the world last weekend, uh, where Stormers... 18-6. It was about 37 degrees, to be fair. It wasn't really oh, yes. rugby-playing weather mm. on a, a not-windy day in Cape Town, which is unusual. Don't these South Africans love their rugby? They... <laughs> uh, with a passion that's slightly beyond, don't you think? They enjoy. They enjoy. Mm-hmm. They, they, they enjoy. Um, they, there's only one way to describe it, is that uh, I think that... Um, that comes first in in everything, and yeah. it doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter where you you come from, and it's it's such a I mean, what a great place to be. If you want to play football, go over there. What a great place to be. And you could go to the, you know, the Majuji restaurant in town in Cape Town, and we went to a couple of very nice restaurants, and the rugby's on, on loud, <laughs> in the restaurant. You know, you're paying a lot of money for some, you know, terrific meal, and there it is. The football is there, and everybody's just gathered around the screen watching. You know, you not, don't call a waiter. You're going to call the referee. It's, did, just, it's phenomenal. Did you ask to turn it down? You would have got shouted <laughs> down. <laughs> Exactly. But that's the passion we love. Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At The Ruck Show. And a man who's looking particularly good, despite the rigours of getting on a plane after watching a terrific game of rugby last night in Perth, jumping on the red eye and heading straight back to Brizzy, being in the studios this morning. I'm um, talking, of course, about Greg Martin. Marto, welcome. Yeah, I had to get the red eye. I had to mow the lawn today. So. <laughs> <laughs> there was never any doubt about sleeping over there. Yeah, it's a passion of yours, isn't it? Look, the two of you are t- terrific because Berkey, uh, I don't know if you can have a look at him. He's, uh, he's got the red eyes just either side of his nose. Uh, he slept for the two hours. He managed to have a kip in the car, in the car park. Is in, that right? In, in the car park. I'm finding a really good spot at the moment mm-hmm. uh, in the car park. Um, <laughs> just a little bit of background music and I go, I go off real easy. <laughs> Fantastic. Marto, that was a cruel end to that game for the force, though. They should have won it, and then a penalty in the... Well, just as the siren was about to, uh, to sound, a cruel end to the game for them. Oh, wasn't it? I hate to see super effort unre- go unrewarded, and that's what would happen last night. A referee that wanted to put his... was so keen to put his stamp on the game that even in the 80th minute he had to put his two bobs worth in and give a penalty. 
There was only uh, consistency is all you want, and he's for sealing off. That means when a guy gets tackled, the next guy in came in. It, it didn't deserve three points, and the guys knocked it over from uh, forty meters and uh, a draw. They were shattered over there in Perth because yeah. they should have won that game. There, there, therein lies the question again, Marto. Is it is it is a penalty goal worth too many points? Bloody oath, mate. Of course it is. Or a try should be worth ten points. Yeah, that's, exactly. uh, either either if you want to leave the penalties the same, make tries worth ten because that's what the game should be about. Yeah, there's certainly an argument for making the penalty and and even the drop goal, dropping them both back to two, I would have thought. Mm, that oh, was, exactly. but, but some of those, I mean, uh, James O'Connor, great game from him. He looked terrific. He did some great goalking as well. The beautiful chip uh, oh, yeah, and chase yeah. was class, wasn't it? Yeah, without David Pocock, they were always going to have to rely on O'Connor to spark things. But they, they fronted up up front. It was all about the aggression of their defence. They came flying out. It's quite amazing that their defence can be run by Phil Blake, you know, former <laughs> yes. rugby league superstar. As Tatiana him after the game, he was so proud of them, but they were shattered. O'Connor was extraordinary. Without him, they are nothing because he sparks everything that's good about them. You talk about the uh, defensive systems. Uh, Les Kiss, the uh, North's winger, I don't think he made a tackle, is uh, looking out the Irish team at the moment. So they're making their way in these outside backs from rugby league. I don't know oh, how that works. Berkey, you and I are full backs and we're able to talk about Can we the comment on that? Tremendous <laughs> inside. You don't have to have been able to get involved in every aspect to be good at it. That's true. The other beautiful thing about last night, of course, is return to the game of the prettiest sight in rugby league. Matt Dunning running. It's just terrific <laughs> when Matt Dunning gets up at full clap, doesn't it? You know, you just you put the Mr. Whippy van down one end and he runs towards the sound. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You see him go and the ground shakes. I love it. The, the rattle of the coins in the pocket. <laughs> Do they still play with the, with the pockets in the shorts these days? I think he might have had some coins in there. You never know. Hey, actually, he went all right, yeah, but then he, he hurt that. It's his Achilles, I think. He yeah. hobbled off near, you know, halfway through. He just still needs a few more kilometres in those legs of his. So well, he went all right, though. I think that's the league that he heard a couple of years ago in, uh, yeah. in the UK when the ground gave way and the rest of it. So, unfortunately for him, in that, in that spot as well, when you're in that angle and pushing, it's it's, uh, it's tough stuff. It was a Force 22, the Blues 22, cruel. And, and Berkey, just quickly, we met you in the car park. Why were you there? You'd been covering something else. Yeah, we did. The Six Nations uh, was on last night. So, mm-hmm. the, the second to last round, uh, Ireland uh, were... Uh, Victor- oh, sorry, I said they lost to Wales in, in dubious circumstances. Uh Kick out, quick line out, wrong ball, touched by the crowd. It was just, it all went wrong. And and you talk about referees, Marto. Again, Jonathan yep. Kaplan was running that show, and that was a fast. Oh, no. And then Italy beat France, 22-21. And again, the refereeing was just all over the shop. They actually, the commentators were talking about, you know, which way is the penalty going to go? They had no idea. There's hold, something wrong if that's the case. Hold on to these thoughts, because I want to come back to you uh, after this song and ask you, you talk about the French there in Italian... When you played these guys, were they speaking different language to you? How was the communication on the field against those guys? That's next. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. A show about rugby. Put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. I'm joined by Matt Burke and Greg Martin. Uh, Tim Horan is having the week off, a little bit pulled up lame after Marto's charity event. Did he, <laughs> did he play well, Marto? Uh, Actually, I'd hate to tell you, but he did go all right. He was, I thought he said it was a bit longer. He did score a try from about eight metres out. That mm. he was, the legs were moving around like a little cartoon character. So <laughs> he, he still got it. He said, I'm, I'm only good for five, and he played about 60. He was good. Tatafu Pilota now is a special guest again, and join us later in the show, the Waratah with the best hairdo in the business. Mm. Uh, Berkey mentioned you, of course, uh, talking and calling the... Uh, rugby last night, Italy and France. When you were playing, 
when you played uh, against the Italians or the, the French, who were quite intense in the way they play, did they speak to you, or, or even the South Africans, did they speak to you in, in English, or did they, you know, sledge you in, in all sorts of colourful language? Oh, now, the sledge was in home tongue, and, yeah, and, huh? and, and it was great, because they would just rant and rave, mm-hmm. and you got no idea what they're saying. Of course. But I suppose on the, on the back of that, they... They, their English was okay, so they could get around. Yeah. The, the great call was um, through the lineouts through all those years of super rugby, say super 10, 12, and the rest of it. We had all these systems of numbers to get to, to the correct man, the line, and the rest of it. Yeah. They reckon the South Africans used to speak in Afrikaans and say, ah, might throw it at number six this time. I'll take two steps back and I'll jump up. <laughs> and we're, so, we're trying to make the, we're, the forwards are trying to work out the moves, you know, these, these calls. I'll come forward now because this bloke's lazy. I'll jump on him. <laughs> Berkey, that was until they got Dan Vickerman, who spoke Afrikaans. That's exactly it. And then they had to come up with some kind of number system. But outside of that, it was, uh, throw it to me. I'll be right. Victor Matfield. Is it true that it might have been the New South Wales system was at the line-outs where they would just say a word beginning with, I don't know, uh, B for the back of the line-out, and a word beginning with M for the middle line-out, and a word beginning with F for the front of the line-out. Now, I assume that was work, system worked terrifically well until some terrific hooker uh, picked up the ball aimed at the line out and yelled, Philistine! <laughs> Nobody <laughs> Everybody jumped. <laughs> you want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Welcome back to The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. The idea that a couple of blokes could just, uh, in the same team, decide that a training paddock is a perfect place to well, a bit, let off a bit of steam, I suppose. I was reading this story. Uh, Mardo and Berkey, you'd be interested. Drew Mitchell and teammate Dean Mum nearly came to blows during a fiery Waratahs training session this week. The pair grabbed each other by their collars and began a shoving exchange. I love a shoving exchange. <laughs> uh, before backing away, the ill feeling did, uh, didn't spill over afterwards. However, they managed to have a laugh, apparently. The drama erupted during a game of touch when Mitchell ran towards Al Baxter, who, of course, as you know, has written most of the songs we're on here tonight and designed the, uh, the Amy Stadium and most other stadiums around the world. Why would he be running at Al Baxter? Yes. He'd be running around the- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> quite easily. Well, that's true. Uh, who grabbed the winger front on. So they had a bit of a wrestle. There's a tripping going on. There was confrontation, pushing and shoving. Now, when you read that as an outsider, you think, is, does that mean there's trouble in the camp? Or do you go, oh, that's good, they're intense in their training, their preparation, they, they mean business? That's exactly I think it was at the back end of a, of a fitness session, and they were, they were spent, they were parched, and the rest of it. And it, was, it only takes a, a, a little niggle to get someone fired up, and, and that was the end result. And then I think then, I think Dean Mum comes in and says, hey, hey, you can't do that to my bloke, he's on my side. And yep. there's a little, hey, yes, I can, no, you can't, I mm-hmm. think. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, Berkey, lead up to big games. If there was a stink between teammates, you'd know, right, the, the mixture's just about at the right temperature. You'd know things, everyone was switched on. I don't know about the other day, I didn't see it, but, you know, Drew Mitchell, his name's Drewy, you know, that's what everyone calls him, against a bloke called Mummy. It's not really a mate, it's going to be a... They're not really dangerous characters, the two of them. It's not a dockyard brawl, is it? Well, do, you know, do you know how they fix it, then? So, obviously, they, they let it run. The coaches love it. They sit on the sideline and think, oh, yeah, this, this is great. Yeah. Now, there's, you know, when the, the when they say perfect. Exactly right. When, it, when it's a non-contact session, all of a sudden you end up bashing each other, the coaches are going, yeah, great, I planned this just perfectly. But at the end of it, they bring the guys in, they form a circle, and they have to do a slow dance with no. each other just to calm it all what, down. The two they, fighters. The, the two, two fighters. fighters. <laughs> just calm it down. Everything okay, boys? Shake hands. Thanks very much. They, they a slow oh, dance. Slow dance. This is what they need at nightclubs when two blokes have a fight. Don't turf them outside. Get them to do a little slow dance. Oh. If you're not prepared to, then you're out. Yeah, exactly. If you do come in, you can have another drink. Marta, you would have been, you strike me, obviously, as one of the guys who would have been feisty. You would have given a bit of lip, would you, at training to some of the forwards as they uh, ran past you? 
uh, until I slowed down enough for them to catch me. Yeah. Oh, mate. Berkey, you know the story. Front row is a fair game because they can't get you. <laughs> until you're on the bottom of a ruck. And, and I suppose that the only <laughs> thing the top that, of Rodriguez is somewhere near you. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that saves them these days, they can't use their feet in the ruck anymore. But if you got caught at the bottom and you, sled, uh. and you sledge them on the way through, It'll just be a little remember me type thing. Bang, on the way through. All right, there's a story to do in the rounds uh, apart from that one, of course, today that uh, I'm not sure how far it's going to go or what your boys, your idea about it is. The Australian Rugby Union, apparently, according to the Sun-Herald today in Sydney, uh, set to introduce an NRL-like salary cap to curb player expenditure, more than $30 million bucks. So it's talking about pay cuts here, uh, as much as 25% because of financial pressures. Now, look, I, I don't know how, how what this means for the code, whether, in fact, it's a good idea, what you, what you think. In the NRL, the salary cap partly, obviously, is to protect some of the clubs and who may well, uh, because of their desire for, to win, uh, financially get into problems. It also is to level the playing field. That doesn't seem to be what this... Uh, salary cap would do. It is no, about this is for this is for John O'Neill to save the bottom line. He's a former banker, and that's what he wants to do. He's trying to cut costs. What about the guys who just signed in in, in recent months who have pledged their allegiance to Australian rugby? Do they then say, "Hey, look, let's slash twenty five percent off that"? I mean, these guys were just about lining up for big gigs over in in France and 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 the rest of the, and Europe, for example. So, I wonder what happened to those guys. They can't. Well, they're contracted now on that figure. You can't can't go stopping that. It'll be from now on, I guess, if this is true, that they're going to do it. So it's something that, in fact, you're not going to see the benefits of it until a few years down the track, Marta. You won't see the benefits, Tony. It's one of the reasons the guys stay. They could go to rugby league for mm. as much money. Well, at the moment, rugby pays better than rugby league, so yep. that's why the boys stay. Or they go overseas because they, they don't have salary caps in France or Japan. They don't give us stuff. Mm. If there's a salary cap, there isn't one big enough to fit the uh, terrific hairdo of Tatafu Palotan now. He joins <laughs> us next. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Two international players. Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Tony Squires with you. Uh, have Matt Burke and Greg Martin are now joined by the Waratahs uh, hooker and, of course, Wallaby. Tatafu Pilota now joins us. G'day, mate. G'day, Tony. How are you? Very well, hey, boys. Very well. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. The last time I saw you, I think, it was at the uh, Red Kite uh, event, a kids' charity that uh, I work with, and you were kind enough to help out with. There was an auction, and you bought a ride in the helicopter with Channel 10's weatherman, Vic LaRusso. A lot of people were worried about the weight distribution uh, <laughs> in that helicopter. H- have, have you taken the ride yet? Mate, uh, I had a look at the uh, chopper and I said, there's no way you're going to fit this big fella in there. So uh, <laughs> I decided to offload it to uh, one of my mates. What, what about the pilot, mate? Could he see with the fro? <laughs> uh, no, he's more concerned of uh, trying to find a helmet that's big enough to fit the fro in. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, just gave it to one of my mates. For, the, for those who don't know, the fro uh, is that uh, Taff has decided to keep growing the hair, and it's a beautiful head of hair that you've got going, until the, your beloved Parramatta club side ha- has a win. And I think it's the first up game is against Sydney University, so the, the fro will stay, obviously, for a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, well. Yeah. How's it yeah, all going? Yeah, much. Mm. Oh, it's going all right, but uh, I understand the pain that girls go through when they... Uh, have to uh, spend like three hours in the bathroom just to get their hair right. So, uh, well, what, what, yeah. what, what are your hairdressing tips for that? How do you get it looking just right? Oh, mate, Mato, there's plenty of times where I've gone through that amount of uh, afro combs that 
there's probably some that's lost in there. So, uh, <laughs> is, is it like yeah. is it like Marge Simpson when she, she goes in the bath and puts her head underwater and it comes down and the hair's just straight down your back, or does it actually stay in the fro shape? Uh, it definitely comes down, but once the uh, towel gets on there, it's straight back up in a buff sort of situation. <laughs> hey, hey, Tuff, you know that, that incredible torpedo tackling style of yours, does that afro offer any cushioning? Because often you do lead with your head. Is there any softening of the blow from that? Uh, it's funny you say that, Marto. At the time when we played the Reds, there definitely was some cushioning on uh Rod Davies' hip because if there wasn't any, I'd probably be knocked senseless. But <laughs> that's saying... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Phil Kearns mentioned it on the uh, commentary because one of the boys played it back to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. So uh, it's funny you guys talk uh, as a uh, probably another safety device, so I'm glad I have it in the first place. Marta was just saying uh, a minute ago, it, it attracts attention every time you're out there. So uh, if you want to be anonymous, what is it, Marta? Wear a red head, ge- a head, a no, head no, gear? No, or? anyone with red hair or blonde hair or a large black afro, it catches the eye of a commentator because you've got so much stuff going on. That's why you get... I know you're an outstanding player anyway, Taff, but you get called a lot easier if you've got distinctive head. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'm trying to uh, hype up all the boys, get them ready for Sydney Uni to make sure they win as quick as possible <laughs> so I can get rid of them. Right the Waratahs, then, you've had the, the, the bye the week off after coming back to earth, you'd have to say, a little bit last week with the Crusaders. What's the vibe like? Yeah, I mean, uh, the guys were really disappointed about the uh, result, but they've jumped back straight on the uh, homework bandwagon to make sure they're ready and right to go for the cheaters. So, uh, no, there's a great uh, team feeling uh, around this week, uh, especially preparing for the cheaters because uh, they just want to get make sure they put that aside and uh, move on. And how about you, Tuff? You came off in that game. How's the how's the body? Yeah, uh, the knees... Uh, struggling a bit but uh, the rest of the body's not too bad so uh, depending on uh, the medical staff uh, what they want me to do uh, it's probably not 100% yet so uh, just probably test out this week if not then hopefully uh, be right for next week Oh you'll be right next week unless the cheaters bore you to death they are such a dull (laughs) side mate but can I ask you about the Crusaders are they just playing you know last week when when the game turned when you went off um, we sort of the Tars lost control. Are they? Can you sense that they're playing on some sort of earthquake generated emotion? Uh, not necessarily, really. I think it's their same playing style that they've always played with. I mean, uh, you if you watch the first game when they played against the Blues, that they were pretty uh, much in the same form. Uh, that saying, uh, I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of emotion going on, but I'm pretty sure they'd just moved on and uh, got back on the uh, playing wagon and uh, Jeez, showed uh, last uh, last Friday against the Brumbies. So, yeah, I think they're back in normal form. If anybody wants a little bit of entertainment, they should go to uh, uh, the website and uh, have a look at Waratah. Just type in, you know, Waratah skills. Uh, there's a little package there that uh, Taf, you and a few of your mates have got together in answer to the other thing you should type in, which is all black skills. And you'll see in the first instance the all black players doing some uh, things with the football, kicking them into drums that appear to be 50 metres away, uh, passing uh, the, the ball and knocking pot plants off uh, with 30 or 40 metres away. A whole variety of things which look quite amazing. So, Taf, you and the Waratahs decided to do your own version, which is just brilliant. Uh, brilliantly hopeless, really. Do you <laughs> Do you believe that the All Blacks do actually have these skills or do you think it's all a setup? Funny you mention that, Tony, because 
Uh, we had to take quite a few takes because, uh, especially in Kirtley's scene, he kept getting it into the uh, the ice bin. I said, mate, <laughs> not meant to get into the ice bin. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's quite uh, plausible, all their uh, skills tricks on the, on the uh, video there. So if Kirtley can do it, I'm pretty sure those guys can do it. If, so, it, is, uh, if yeah. it is tough, it, it is quite incredible. I, d- I did like how Drew threw the ball and the plants fell forward, not backwards. That was yeah. that was quite ingenious. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the uh, the uh, the rotational force that the ball created when Correct. Drew sort of sent it back. The I, best the best part of the whole thing was the, the fact that Waratahs was written in sausages on the barbecue that you're attending yeah. to Tough. <laughs> tough, it's so lovely to speak to you. Thanks so much. Uh, all the best with uh, the injury and with the Waratahs and, of course, with uh, Parramatta in the club season as well. <laughs> thanks, Tony, and thanks, guys. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Thanks for making the conversion. Joining the scrum. Can you believe it? Welcome back. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Looking good thanks to Sportscraft for men. For men, Berkey, for style, quality and comfort off the field, step into Sportscraft. Mm. And you and Marta both looking terrific. And, uh, the cardigan. Uh, well, the cardigan's good. <laughs> that kind of the skivvy thing you're wearing is uh, terrific as well. Skin tight, Berkey. And, and not many people of, uh, of your age can get away with that. Well, you they, can. They can get away with it sometimes. Did you get you'll, asked? You'll, you'll squeeze another two years out of that before the man <laughs> boobs start to take over. <laughs> yeah, then get right. out of the skivvies, mate. <laughs> were you uh, consulted heavily or were you when the Marta was coming up with the idea, and it was a brilliant idea, uh, of the All Blacks v Wallabies legends raising money for the earthquake victims in Christchurch. Sensational game of footy it was, actually, to watch. I didn't see you trotting around in a number 15. Is that because there was another number 15 who thought it was more important? Yeah, that's exactly right. When the contracts came out yeah. and uh, I said, listen, I'm only going to play 15, they said, look, you can't. There's, it's already been taken. Mardo's up there. So I said, look, I'm not playing. And, and <laughs> Look, it justified the, the, the position as well. Marta was outstanding that yeah. night as well. So. Mate, I'm 15 years older than you, Berkey. I needed you badly. <laughs> Thank God Lath dropped in on the last minute. So it was all a very well-conceived plan, mate. We saw Mark Guy ran the Legends of Origin match. Mm. He virtually set the template, and we felt the love from that up here in Brisbane. Yep. Actually, everyone in Brisbane's grown a bit of a heart this year. We saw how much you guys cared. Yep. And when the earthquake happened, we got so many Kiwi listeners in Brisbane mm. who looked across across here and said, how can we, what can we do? We're sitting here. We can't help. We can't go over there. We just ended up funneling their energy. It was, it was something that just grew and just just within 13 days, we had a 20,000-person uh, sold-out stadium. It was, it was fabulous the other night. It was. It was great to watch too, Marto. And it was, oh, what's you're too, lying now. No, I'm no, sure. I'm not. I'm not. And look, the scoreline, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was something like, I don't know, 58 to not a lot. But that doesn't matter. Uh, 20. That, 20, thank you. Yeah. Uh, from the moment the uh, the All Blacks did the Harker, you knew that even though it was, there was, it was for love, there was going to be a bit of spirit involved. Were you a bit nervous when you, you know, strode towards the Harker? Fearful would be the word for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's quite young, Berkey, if you could imagine, the dressing room beforehand, most of us, or actually all of us, were joking and, you know, Greg's, whether it was Latho, Everyone was having a bit of a laugh and a giggle. And then Sam Scott Young stood up and said, Righto, stop it. Righto, we're playing the All Blacks here. Let's get fired. <laughs> and Crowley, and we all had to say, wait, 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 hold on. Timmy Moore and I said, well, settle down, Sam, settle down. Don't you go out there with that attitude. It's like sticking a bloody stick into a, uh, <laughs> an it? ant's nest. Oh, it was horrible. Was, he, was, he, winking at the, was he winking at the guys again? Oh, no. Well, he made us walk forward towards the All Blacks, which just uh, disturbed. Anyway, yeah. What about they Campo? were too young for us. That was, oh, Campo. He, he well, would have been up behind the post, wouldn't he? 
Well, he was still having a chip kick. So yeah. while we were facing <laughs> like he used to do, Harker. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. The facing of the Harker, though, has always been a terrific thing to watch and, and the different approaches. And you mentioned then, Sam Scott, you mentioned the winking uh, or the walking towards it because it seems to me uh, of late that the method has been that the All, uh, all Blacks do the Harker. Uh, we stand there in our trackies and then scare the crap out of them with Walsing Matilda. That seems to be what, what happens. When In your day, did you have great methods? No, well, we didn't have anything. Well, so I played with Sam Scott Young, and that day he started walking towards them. I don't know whether he walked towards them or the rest of us were walking backwards. <laughs> but I could just, I was standing there as a, you know, I was 23 or something, and going, Sam, what are you doing? No, no, no. No, don't upset them now. Wait, don't upset them. Oh, it, it, was a ca- it was a case of, of standing up and showing the respect, wasn't it? You know, and, and, and you get there, and as you look around, you try and, you try and pick someone, and as you cast your eye across, and, and so many times I got Jonah, and he was just burning holes through. He was like, Ooh, get off him. Where's Andrew Mertens? Oh, I've yeah. got you now. Skinny, mate. blonde-headed, all black. That's what you needed to focus on. Come on, on. let's give me your best. Uh, well, Marta, well done. It was a great effort uh, for those people, and it was terrific to watch. You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Legend players Tim Horan and Matt Burke. And it's the heavyweight championship of the rugby world. With Tony Squires to make up the three. And the occasional cup of tea. Tony, white with two sugars, mate. The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. On fire, Crusaders 52 smashed the Brumbies town Friday. Gee, the... While the Brumbies looked awful, the Crusaders looked absolutely awesome. Sonny Bill Williams, terrific at their uh, at 13. What, did you, what do you make of the Crusaders? They really are the real deal, aren't they? Well, they're just slick at the moment, aren't they, Mato? They've got that many players around the park who who can do things. And so if, if Carter's perhaps not on song, give it to Sonny Bill. If not that, give it to uh, Fruin. And he, yeah. it's, it's quite incredible, the, the talent they have in that roster. Yeah. They still do the work up front. So, and then you've got Dan Carter is the equal of any halfback in the NRL and he's feeding Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. It's not fair. Somebody's got to come up. You're virtually going to have to double team Sonny Bill. One player's not enough to defend on him. What got me at 45-10, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, 45-10, when Ashley Cooper made that break, they could have just gone, okay, let, let's just... Yeah, give them the five-pointer and uh, and we'll go from there. But Robbie Fruin chased them down oh, yeah. and made the tackle, got the, the penalty or whatever it was at the end of it. And you think that's the commitment that they've got at the yeah. moment. When Sonny Bill went through Ashley Cooper for his try, it was like watching when the you know the under-12s, when there's a, yep. that kid who's just too the big, big for the rest of them, the big yeah. kitty. Give it to the big kitty. Through <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Bags not. Yeah, well, the Brumbies obviously got a lot of work to do. Second oh, coach. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure, sure many, how they'll go through. Uh, might go through four or five coaches this <laughs> season. Rebels. Oh, pipped. Heartbreak. 34-32 against the Sharks. Uh, it's been literally the up-and-down season so far, hasn't it, for the new franchise? Hey, they, got the, they got the spirit sorted out yeah. there, mate. Their attitude wins so many rugby games. Like, you can have, you know, they, they haven't got the star players or the explosive uh, potency of some of the other teams, but they got good attitude. And actually, Morty's playing all right. Sterling Mortlock came good, and so did Julian Huxley, which is a good sign. And what about the crowd? What about the support they're getting down there? It was uh, sixteen odd thousand, and they oh. stayed at the end and just cheered them off. It was yeah. quite incredible. I reckon. I reckon two thousand. Yeah, you know, Melbourne's. You know, it's close to the centre. There was plenty. There was a Neil Diamond concert going on over the road. I think a few of them came out of Neil Diamond <laughs> after Sweet Caroline <laughs> and said, "What? The Rebels are winning." Yeah. And came in. There was two thousand more after halftime than at the start of the game. Well, Wait, th- that seems to be their low tide mark. Sixteen thousand. And so when they start winning, they'll go good. That was when Neil, Neil Diamond started to do his new stuff. <laughs> <A lot of, laughs> not not, not right. What, what new stuff? <laughs> stuff um, from the 70s. Oh. That is it for The Ruck for another week. Thanks so much for joining us, Marta. Thanks for being uh, with us. I, uh, look, Timmy Horan, wherever you are, I hope the hammies are okay. Matty Burke, lovely to talk to you as well. Always good.
Enjoy your rugby. Catch up next week. See ya. You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft.